Hey, good morning, everyone. Morning, church. It's a different look, different feel here today, and for reasons that will become uh, apparent, um, I'm, uh, if you're not somebody that's part of our regular gathering, and there's a whole bunch of people not here, so I'm, not, I'm a little unsure who's who, but um, if you're new, I'm Steve McCracken. I'm the lead pastor here, senior pastor for um, a wonderful uh, almost three decades, and uh Great people fill this place, and we're glad you're part of it. So um, we think it's going to be a great morning, and um, I'm, uh, I'm a little um, in the spirit that I feel right now. I, uh, the first Sunday I got here, or first month at least, I was asked, um, hey, because um, I, I came kind of casual. I came from Southern Cal, so we, we didn't know formal down there. And so I... Uh, I showed up and, and I was uh, dressed kind of casual, uh, and I was asked afterwards by somebody, uh, "Can you explain? Um, you know, uh, I didn't. I, don't, I, I was trying not to stare, but I don't think you were wearing a tie." And uh, and they talked some more, and then they said, "And um, and uh, obviously you weren't wearing a suit or a, a coat, you know, and and." Um, I thought, well, you could throw in papal collar, too, because I didn't wear one of those. But, uh, and and he, he asked me, he was very cool about it. He just said, so can you tell me, um, you know, why? I mean, and, and he admitted, he says that we, we kind of like to dress up for God in, in our family. And, uh, and I, I respect that. I, I know some people that won't go to church without a tie. It was great, you know. I, I'm just not one of them. But anyway, um, and, and he said that, and I said, uh, in answer to his question, so, so why? I said, uh, I'm thinking there's got to be a Bible verse here someplace. But, uh, <laughs> and my answer was, uh, I just didn't feel like it. And he kind of looked at me and went, and it, by the way, I didn't tell you, he's decked out. He's looking, you know, like he belongs here. And I'm the new, you know, I'm, and, and he said, okay. And I'm not going to tell you who he is because he's still a great friend and part of our church. But he, I don't think I've seen him in a tie twice in 30 years. So that was like his permission slip. You're, you're good to roam the hall. I got a lot of those in high school. But anyway, uh, that's another story. Um, he, um, it, it was uh, the birth of a saying, and I'm saying this to you who might be new, um, Grace Point, welcome to Grace Point where you don't have to dress up or straighten up, just show up. And I believe that not just because it's clever and I came up with it, but it is really biblical. It's straight out of God. You, you don't have to dress up. Why? He doesn't need you to put on a show for him. If that's cool for you, some of you are in dresses today, and I think they're really lovely and all, but um, you don't have to dress up, and especially you don't have to straighten up, because you can't, according to the Bible, you need help with that. Maybe that's why you're here, right? That's how a lot of people meet Jesus, as they come to church and go, man, I'm shot full of holes, I got nothing, what will I do if I stand in front of Jesus? And we tell them, there's an answer to that help me, help me, and, uh, or, or more desperately, God have mercy on me, the sinner, and everything changes in those words, everything changes, so you don't have to dress up, you don't have to straighten up, uh, just show up, and, um, you know, that's, we've added to it since, you know, like, step up, no, uh, <laughs> uh, pay up, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just, just messing around now. Anyway, welcome to Grace Point. Um, I want to give you a couple of quick, um, really uh, significant notes. One is um, we had great news this, uh, this last week on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, we got great news. Many of you know it. And uh, if, you, if you don't know, uh, since June 10th, uh, my wife was uh, um, stricken with acute myeloid leukemia, and she's been in the literal fight of her life uh, since June 10th, spent 60 days in the hospital this last year, and, um, and a, uh, an extraordinary journey that um, I can't imagine anything that I'll ever experience or we will ever experience will rival that, 
in its impact in our lives. But for six months, um, seven, six months, she uh, has battled leukemia, and um, we had a bone marrow biopsy um, just shortly after Christmas, a couple of days after Christmas. It was the results were red, and we met with the oncologist hematologist lead on Wednesday, who revealed to us, he started with words, wonderful words you want to hear, congratulations, Debbie, you're in remission. So it was, uh, it was really great news. Um, and it's uh, in my throat still, and it'll stay there. Uh, it's definitely in my heart. Um, and uh, and he, we applauded. We actually interrupted him when he said that. We're like, you know, we did a, like a three-second victory dance. We're like, yeah! You know, and, and then he said, however... <laughs> And we're like, you know, we don't like you. We liked you a second ago. We don't like you. And uh, he said some honest things. There are three other studies that are in uh, are uh, underway to evaluate the bone marrow. Um, we think uh, they're going to confirm what the pathology results uh, reveal, which is that she is truly in remission. And um, we will begin the second half, as I've told you, which has to do with a... a for 2020, Debbie will uh, remain on chemo at home. It'll be uh, a pill form, a oral chemo, and uh, not near as impactful, we hope, as the other chemo. So uh, we hope uh, everything just continues in this sort of tr uh, trend line, if you will. And I just wanted to tell you that because that's big on my heart. Uh, I also want to tell you now a program note. Um, oh, let me finish with this. All of you who clapped and applauded, that's, that's something we want to do for you and to you because you have been um, part of a huge part of God's presence and impact in our lives since June 10th. I, I can't tell you, I, we will never recover from this, nor will our kids or our family. We have truly been um, carried, carried uh, to my son's question, how did you how are you doing? How are you handling this, Dad? And I answered really well. And then I said, because we have help. And I meant help from God and help from God's people and, and others, neighbors. Just crazy. Just, just incredible uh, what happens when God uh, plays a big role, which he wants to play in all of our lives. So thank you. Um, and now a program note. A lot of things are different today. Uh, one is that the podium's down here instead of up here. Another is you didn't see a countdown clock uh, because we are not live streamed this morning. Um, and then uh, most significantly, you will notice this morning that we will not be singing as a congregation. There's a reason for all of that. One is uh, the, the reason was Thursday at the worship rehearsal, um, one of the people uh, that's part of our worship team, and we have rotating teams and lots, and uh, part of those, uh, one person was uh, diagnosed with COVID, um, and uh, the decision was made um, by uh, the overseers that we would uh, withhold on uh, singing. Uh, some would suggest that that might be a little risky given the crazy Omicron going on right now. So, that's not going to, we didn't cancel church because we got lots to talk about, and I think you're going to see that. Um, we are postponing in your bulletin, the, the other piece, we do not have, uh, today will not be the start of the new series, uh, In Step with the Spirit. We will be in step with the Spirit this morning, but it won't be the series of messages that I was planning to begin um, and actually have in my Bible right now, but uh, that'll begin next Sunday the start of an expositional verse-by-verse verse out of Acts, um, the uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit, if you will. So that'll come, um, and uh, I think that covers it. I want to, uh, Jamie, Miss Jamie is in the back, and kids, there is a program for you, and we want to dismiss you right now. Um, so Lord, bless the kids. Have, help them have a great time and grow deep in God. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie and Jamie crew. It's good. All right, so that's, um, I think, uh, the main thing. Obviously, you don't see a worship team here, and they're as disappointed as you are 
Um, we had all planned um, on a pretty significant set, we call it, that was really special. And we will uh, share that next Sunday. So um, that, well, uh, actually, that's probably um, up to you. If you want to sing your heart out, there is a song that we are going to show and share. And uh, it's not probably one you've, most of you have heard before, but it's a long song. And it's a really fantastic, at my request, we're going to not only play the song, we're going to watch a YouTube of the song. And it's, you, you, you'll be moved significantly by it, I think. And um, I think God wants to, uh, um, anyway, that, that would be my answer, Mary. I, um, I, I know that there's, uh, there's, there's different views of singing and the risk factor associated with singing. Um, with group gatherings of any kind. So we're working our way through that. Trust me, the overseers have spent a lot of time, and we will continue to, uh, this is not something we, you know, decided months ago and fell asleep on. Uh, we, I think we spent more time on Friday and Saturday in conversation about it. So uh, because of this situation and this development. Hopefully this is the once and only time, but that's not a promise from me. It's my prediction and the the direction of my prayers. So anyway, that makes sense. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are and thank you for being a promise keeping God. You, uh, not one word of all your promises has failed. Ah, uh, what a statement to be able to make in a world that, um, practices deceit, that lives a lie, in a world that is uh, fed fake everything all the time, and, and uh, it keeps coming. But you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord Jesus, we don't have to turn anywhere else but you and your word to know uh, how to live, how to love, and how to hope for a future with you, which is uh, the ultimate outcome because of what your wonderful son Jesus did for us. So help us to celebrate in that spirit this morning who Jesus is and who the God is that would come into our world um, and redeem us. Um, make Make people that are not there yet with you, uh, not on the God page as we've sometimes thought of it, make them reconsider who you are and how much you love them. And uh, bless us in this time now, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. So, and by the way, it's a little more casual. Ed Demery is, uh, wave your microphone so they're not scared. It's it's not a weapon. Um, it is going to come your way a little bit later this morning. Not We're not going to hand it to everybody. He's going to come around because there's going to be a time of, uh, of congregational uh, church sharing. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But I want you to think about where we are. We're, is this the 9th of January? The 9th. So just two, uh, you know, a little over a week, two Sundays into a new year. And I've been around a lot of people, and you're looking at a person who tends to think in new ways every January 1st. I don't know. I, I like to think in terms of uh, new uh, resolve. We actually get the word resolution from that, right? I like to think in terms of uh, new directions, decisions. Um, and I sometimes involve myself in things like uh, promises. Uh, often I'll make them to myself. You know, I'm not going to do as much of that as I used to do. Or I'm going to do more. You know, I'm, I'm talking to people that make similar decisions, right? We make those kinds of promises. Um, sometimes we make them to people. Maybe if you're in a relationship where you say, I, I promise to not have the TV on while we're trying to have a conversation. Or something that's going to obviously pay off. It'll, it'll improve the interaction, the dynamic between you and 
this person, uh, your husband, wife, best friend, roommate, whatever it happens to be. Uh, so we make promises like that to uh, sometimes to people. Sometimes we make promises to God. We say things like, you know, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, read your word. Um, even in my own family, we printed off a reading schedule this year. And it's not like the Bible's new to us, but we want to read it, you know, A to Z. You can read it in a lot of different ways. I'm looking at my dad in the front row who is the quintessential read-through-the-Bible-in-a-year guy, okay? And he's done it every single way possible, in every translation possible. So it's really cool if you, if you I mean, the, the books pile up because he has to get a different Bible, like, almost yearly. And it's really cool. And spend any time around him, and you'll, you'll, you'll either think you're sitting near Moses or you'll... Uh, <laughs> because they were roommates in college, I've said, but, uh, <laughs> or you're going to read a man, or, or sit near a man that loves Jesus. A lot of you are that way, that, that knows Jesus, and it comes because he's doing it. He's doing it every day, and, and every year in a different way. So maybe that's a promise you're making. Jesus, I'm going to pretend uh, in my coffee you want to meet with me, and I'm going to imagine you sitting in the chair next to me actually having coffee with me. Would that be a comfortable setting? If, if you don't drink coffee, it wouldn't be. I understand. But, you know, you get my idea. It's this conversation. It's this thing that we want to have with God, and I know he wants to have with us, right? So we make promises to God, and um, I mentioned to ourselves, some are making exercise promises or eating promises, um, some are uh, making different spending kinds of pro uh, promises. Uh, here's one I hear from lots of people. You know, they're frustrated financially, and they say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of debt. I'm going to take giant steps this year, which usually means I'm going to spend less, and I'm going to put more toward retiring debt in my life, credit cards, whatever it happens to be. Maybe that's you or somebody you know. Um, Maybe it's just a family commitment. I'm going to be home more. I'm going to, uh, when I have free time, I'm, I'm going to think bigger than just me and how I want to spend my time. I'm going to think about my grandkids or my children or my wife in my case or my husband in your case. But you get the idea? So promises are a big part of us. Um, and some of our promises we keep. And that's a good thing. That's worth a victory dance. That is a, that's a good feeling to us. But um, most promises um, are challenged along the way. Will I keep it? Have I run into some kind of headwind that gets me off course or causes me to give up altogether? It may not be in a moment. It may just be... Uh, yeah, I said I was going to spend time with God more this year, and uh, sheesh, it's been a week. What, 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 where, where am I heading with this? That's a trend I don't like. And maybe you catch yourself, and you get back on course about that. Um, but we've been on the receiving end of somebody who's made a promise to us, maybe more than one, that they didn't keep. I'll let that sit there so you can feel it, like I feel it when I say that. A promise somebody made but didn't produce. And it's not long before you switch the word promises to promises, promises. Do you hear the change in my voice? Do you hear the change in meaning? It's the change of a skeptic of a cynic. It's the sound of a cynic that says, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, I know. You don't say it, maybe, but you might mutter it to yourself. Yeah, they, yeah, I've been here before. My, my spouse is going to quit drinking. My, my, there's going to be a more civil tone in our disputes or conflicts. And, and they say, you know, I'm tired of this of our lives and we, we, we need to change it. I, I'm, I'm promising you. 
And you hear those words and you want to believe those words. Uh, maybe it's the hope springs eternal, but it, there it is again. He's saying it. She's saying it. And I'm sorry for rolling my eyes. I try not to make it obvious, but I don't buy it. You've, you've blown it enough. Um, you have a history of not keeping promises. Um, so if you've been burned, and, and may I say who hasn't, by a promise that was made and then later broken, you know the damage. You do. And it makes you uh, cautious and careful when other people make big statements. The scariest place of all is when God is that person that makes a statement. And somehow in our suspicion over lots of human promises that are made and broken, we end up thinking, really, God? Um, I've told you about Philip Yancey who wrote a book, Disappointment with God. And it was a risky title. Um, his publisher said, please don't do it. You're going you're gonna to stir up a firestorm. And he, and he stayed with it because he wanted to be truthful. Not to say I'm disappointed with God. Here, world, see, see my view. But to acknowledge that some of us because we read something and we believe something, but it may not happen in the time frame we thought it would happen. When, when Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then that doesn't lead to a fat paycheck next month or whatever timing might be in our thinking. We tend to go, ah, maybe there's a context that means that doesn't really apply today. Am I, am I, this is relevant or what? We, we tend to think that way. Sometimes it doesn't turn out exactly in the time frame. I'm a big, pro that's a problem for me. I, I want it to happen, I want it now, you know, in that kind of spirit. Um, so, how many of you drove to church this morning? All right. A few of you walked. You're close enough to, to church or whatever. Um, so you drove, and you need gas in your car to get here, right? If you, if you run out of gas, um, unless you drive a diesel, you can almost put anything in the tank, and it'll work. It, it's just, it's, but you, the point is you need fuel. And you won't drive for very long without fuel, um, so just as gas is to your vehicle, I thought of this analogy this morning, and it's necessary to keep your car or truck going, so too people live on promises. We do. It's a big deal to us. And dependable, that's what we call somebody who promises and then produces what they promise. That's where dependable comes from. So dependable is something we need almost as much as our car needs fuel to keep going in that relationship. We need it with God. We need it with a spouse. We need it with, 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 with um, I'll just make it very real, with a government, with the leaders above us that, that make all kinds of promises. They're, we call it politicians. And inherent in that word for many Americans is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to the wind blow. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sorry to be a cynic, and I'm not making a case for the right or left. I think they're both wrong. <laughs> um, that just came to me. I think I'm going to write that one down. That's a good um, So the point is, this is, when that happens to us, uh, repeatedly, it, it damages us. Okay. Um, God is a promise maker. And he has a long, long, long history of promise keeping. Amen? Okay. 
Words are cheap, I know that. But God's words aren't because he keeps them. He keeps them. A long history that says so. Um, all 8,800 estimated promises in the Bible are in play. You're like, the Bible says that many promises? That's only one estimate. Some people put it much higher than that. So I'm being conservative, right? See how big? There's a lot riding on God being dependable. The word we use today is who said faithful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good word. It means dependable and a bunch of other things. So I want to read you a couple of samples. I'm leading to a place where I want you this morning, as long as we want to let it go, talk about promises that matter to you, promises that God has made um, that um, have, have carried you through. I'm not going to finish that sentence could be through, in most cases, it's a hard time, but whatever it is, they've carried you through. That, promises, that promise is so significant that for you, it's probably memorized. It's probably a Psalm 119, um, how does a man, young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It's probably that significant for you that you've held on to that in your heart. You've hidden that in your heart that you would not sin against him. And, and so you're going to get a chance. We're not going to force anybody to say anything, but it's a moment, and here's how it'll go. You'll get a chance to um, share that promise. You may quote it because, like I said, it's in your heart. Or maybe you'll pull out your Bible, and there's nothing wrong about that to say, well, in Psalm blah, 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 or in you know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, whatever it is. Um, these words have meant so much to me. And then we'd like, as you're comfortable, to share just a short story, a synopsis, um, way shorter than my little intro this morning. That you'll share a little story that says, here's why that has meant or means so much to me. Okay? But in that spirit, I'm given, I'm, I'm sort of planting the seed hear these words, sweeping statements about that 8,800 or so promise, promises that God keeps. Listen to these words. This one from Moses in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not human. Ready for the next part of that opening sentence? That he should lie. Does that make the point or what? You know, God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that, we, that, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Those are called um, a, um, uh, an inferred answer. Okay, those are rhetorical. Meaning we could all say, in answer to that, those two questions. Does he speak and then not act? No. Does he uh, promise and not fulfill? No. So that's, that's, the, that's the assumed answer in those words. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. That's from Moses. Here's another one from his successor. Moses' successor. He handed the baton to who? Joshua. And Joshua said this, as he's about to leave the scene near the end of his life, in chapter 21, verse 45, not one, says Joshua, not one of all the Lord's promises to Israel, uh, excuse me, I forgot the word, good promises to Israel, failed. Every one was fulfilled. Wow. The investigative reporter in you wants to check it all out, don't you? That's a remarkable statement. There's one more. That was Moses and then Joshua. And then there comes a prophet named Jeremiah. And he, he, he said some remarkable things in the book named after him. But in the 
follow-up book, also authored by him, Lamentations. It's probably one of the most depressing books you could read in the Bible. Uh, Jerusalem is smoke and ashes. It's a bummer. Okay? The, the long-predicted rebellion against God has come home to roost, and the temple and the city are overrun by Babylon and destroyed. And he's sitting there, if you will, proverbially, sitting there in ashes, lamenting. And we have four chapters of his lamentation. That's where he spoke these words. And they're dark and they're hard, except for chapter 3. There's this little moment. And I know you know it. Um, God's, I'm going to read it this way. That'll be fun. Jeremiah wrote this in chapter 3. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. It's like San Francisco after the earthquake. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Because great is your faithfulness. That's where we get it. That's where we get that sense of many of you are thinking that's, that's the promise that has meant so much to me is God is so faithful. There was uh, one other leader I want to have you hear his words. His name's Solomon. And his dad, David, wanted to build the temple. You remember that story? But God said, no, you, you, you've had other... I've had other purposes for your life, and there's too much blood. You've had to vanquish lots of enemies. But your son gets to build my temple. So Solomon builds the temple, and he says this about God. Praise be to the Lord. This is 1 Kings 8, verse 56. Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises that he gave through his servant Moses. So there's this common theme there that tells us this is a God that is not only very willing to make promises, but to back them, to keep them, to fulfill them. I want you to watch a video now. Um, it's by the group. I'll just introduce it this way. Um, Maverick City Music. Uh, I don't know a, a whole lot about um, a number of people you'll see. I, I know it's led by this uh, wonderful uh, singing group, mostly African-American. Uh, but uh, most of the people in the video that you're going to see uh, almost seem like a spontaneous gathering of Jesus people that are absolutely convinced of what we're talking about here this morning, that God is a promise keeper. Um, so I want you to watch this. Uh, the song's just simply called Promises, and then we'll fade out the song and come back and, and spend the rest of the morning hearing what God has, uh, what words that God promised and fulfilled have meant so much to you. So check it out. Promises, Maverick City. Oh, is that great or what? My good friend John Broer had it right. That's the new Gaithers right there, you guys. That's the Gaithers. That is remarkable. Uh, now may the God of all hope cause you to be filled with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound, not just eke out, abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not man-made stuff. It's the God of all hope that wells up in the song we just heard, that wells up in the soul of the pastor you're listening to, that wells up in the lives of so many people at Grace Point and and, and they're, they're anchored on the one who said, you know what? Storms are going to come whether you build, wherever you build your house. They're going to come if you build your house on the sand, and they're going to come if you build your house on the rock. 
and the outcome will be very different, but storms are still going to come the same. And um, I've just told you one of the beautiful words of promise from Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount is, is my story. It's I, we built our house on the rock. We did. It's, uh, and it's held firm. And it's strong. And the storm is a category 10. But we're still standing. Praise God. Praise God. And that's my story. I want to hear your stories. We want to hear your stories. And the way I'd frame it in one sentence, what promise has God made that has meant the most to you? And, and, and tell the promise, whatever, read it, quote it, whatever, and then, and then give us a short story of how it has meant so much to you. Would you do that? I, as the Lord prompts, if Rick, don't just yell it. Come on up. Ed's going to hop out of his seat and come your way. It's just, this is just us being the church right now. Rick Bradley. Get, get it right up by his mouth so we can hear you. That's not on, Ed. Um, up. There we go. Now we're in. Okay, um, I've got a scripture to read, and then I'm going to tell you a little story. This All of these are about a minute long, so good enough. tell it really, quick. Just really quick. No, okay. I won't take You're beautiful. Time. Okay, I love good. you, buddy. Good. Thank you very much. I love you, too. Uh, this is from Isaiah uh, 41.10, and I know you guys know it. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When COVID took off, you know, so many of us say, well, gosh, what do you do? You know? And I got to thinking, you know, really, God's got this. He really does. So I made up a couple of highway signs, you know, the old-fashioned ones that read on sides I just stuck them out in my front yard I started getting thank yous and cards I started getting people that tapped me on the shoulder when mm -hmm. I was in the garage to say you know thank you so it's just a silent witness that's all it is let them know that God's got you so good Rick and it's the three words right God's got this. If you drive by his house, you see it, and it's like a testimony to everybody who drives by. It's good. Thank you, Rick. Praise God. Right behind you, Ed, is Judy. De Judy. Or, I'm sorry, Mary. Mary Ann. I'm looking behind you. Go ahead. Yeah, um, this is a promise that God gave me uh, when I was first a Christian. I don't have exact verse uh, for it, but... Uh, after I became a Christian, I read Hannah. I had never read the Bible before, but I read about Hannah, how that God had, uh, she had said that she had told God that she would uh, give her son to the, uh, to the temple and give up her right to him, to Samuel, if, if God would take him, and, and he did. And so I thought I wanted to follow Hannah. So uh, my, my son was sleeping at the time in bed, and I went in and I knelt down by the bed and I said, God, uh, he was only about 13, 14 then, and, and he had become a Christian with me. And um, so I, I knelt down and I said, uh, God, I want to be like Hannah, and I want to give uh, him to you to do anything you want. And to, to, uh, I give up my right to grandchildren and everything, but I want you to just take him and do something with him. And as I was walking back into the kitchen, God spoke to my heart and said, I have my own plan for Stephen. And I'll never forget it. I can still hear it in my spirit. And later on, he was 13, and I, I didn't tell him, but he did have a plan because my son became a missionary uh, for Campus Crusade and uh, went to Germany for 14 years. And I do have three grandchildren, so I got blessed 
just heaps and heaps. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's really good. And his name's Stephen, by the way. Um, that son of hers, but thank you. Others, others. Daniel, up here. Up here, and Chris will come your way next. Was that you waving your hand? Uh, this is uh, John 14, verse 27. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. <laughs> and for years, I thought maybe God had told a lie because I didn't have peace in my heart. I mean, I went to church. I sang songs. I did whatever I could, and I didn't have peace. And I think the peace was condemnation. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation. I carried around condemnation and a load, like, you know, Pilgrim's Progress, the thing on your shoulders you carry around. And then my wife died, and I laid in a hospital bed and cried and thought the world was ending. God came along and gave me peace. And it's it's true. So if you don't have peace, it comes from sin in your life. There's sin in my life. And it came from a resignation to God's authority. To be obedient. He gives peace. He says if your heart does not condemn you, you are not condemned. And peace of God has reigned in my heart since then. If it ever strays, I come back and confess whatever it is, and it comes back. It is, it is worth more than anything you can own in this world to have true peace. Thank you, Daniel. That, that was John 14, 27. Some of you are writing these down his uh, meaningful promise from God, uh, spoken by Jesus the last night he, before his crucifixion. So it's beautiful. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, back in the back. Um, Natasha, is that you? Yeah, I can see a mask. There we go. Natasha Wiggs. His faithfulness has absolutely nothing to do with our faithfulness to him. He's not faithful to us in the measure that we give him. His faithfulness, we don't deserve the level of faithfulness that he gives us. I don't. <laughs> and my story to that is um, I was married prior. I was married for 12 years. My husband and I tried to have children, and we couldn't. And I was told by doctors we, I would never get pregnant, ever. And um, ended up getting a divorce, completely strayed from God. Um, and then I was, a friend of ours, of mine, invited me to a church up in North Portland. Kind of like <laughs> what was on the screen. You're home today. Yeah. yeah. And um, an amazing pastor, Richard Probasco, wonderful man of God. happened to me are, are you sick and I said I don't think so am I and she said um, God just told me that he's going to heal you and you're going to have a baby <sighs> and I laughed in her face I'm like sure yeah I went through fertility treatments for 10 years you're crazy <laughs> um, and I left and I was not walking correctly at the time by any stretch of the <laughs> so in my unfaithfulness God was still faithful to his promise to me and that has been something that I've gone back to many times in my life when I feel like I'm being treated unfairly 
he's not doing his part. He, you're not doing what you said you would. He will, though. He will when it's his time. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Natasha. That's beautiful. I, I'm looking for other hands that are looking. Oh, in the back, right next to you. I'll, okay. Uh, I'll go next, if that's okay. Sure. Um, for me, it's not about promises. It's about relationship. And the, the scripture that uh, God has used to me in, in recent years has been Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Verse 13 says, For it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. But it's preceded by work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. And the thing that I find is that as I trust him, as I walk with him, that he is faithful to transform my character into the character of Jesus Christ. Hmm. To put within me the desire to do the things he wants me to do. Um, just that his Holy Spirit works in me and produces the love, the joy, the peace, the patience that it's not me yeah. it's what God is doing that's awesome Ed yep the fruit of him in your life Dean Wells in the back others oh Proverbs Proverbs 3 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon our own understandings I have to keep reminding myself of that with the world that's going on. We don't really, and we never will understand what is going on and what our position in the world is. But God has a plan. He always has a plan. I keep telling myself that because most of us don't really like what we're seeing. Leave it to him. His plan is for us. He's our anchor and he's our faith and trust. And that's what we said here, Pastor Steve, faith and trust in the Lord and set aside our feelings that we have because we can't trust our feelings, but we can trust him. And as you said, Dean, with all of our hearts, right? Yep, it's a big, big stretch for me at times. Others? Oh, Doug? Ed. We came to this church in the early 80s, and uh, uh, it was just a wonderful uh, finding. Uh, we lived just a block away, uh, and uh, we were going across town to another church. And our kids were coming here to Awana, and to be in Awana, you had to participate as a parent. So we got to know people here and so one day we were heading off to church to drive across town and we just came out and we're at the stop sign and said why are we driving clear across town when we've got our church just on our own corner and uh, we fell in love with Grace Point it was Tiger First Baptist at the time still is we just have a, a different uh, operating room but um, the thing that keeps touching me all the time is the faithfulness he has to us through his church. Hmm. We pray for each other. We care for each other. We watch out for each other. We welcome each other. Hmm. We don't agree with each other. Um, but we love each other. And um, we come to unity. And um, I love working with the boards, our elders, the deacons, deaconesses, our worship team that's not here today because of quarantine, um, not because we want to, but because 
they love us and we love them and we don't want to be sick and we don't want them to be sick. And that's the way we treat each other here. Uh, we're going through this pandemic together, not separately. Yeah, we have our separate paths, but we're going through it together. We don't all agree, uh, but we love one another. Amen. And um, we um, pray for each other. Uh, De Debbie's outcome is such a godly thing. It's not something that's in, in, is independent. Um, you know, Chris Wilson is going through tough times, Jim. We have many that go through these kinds of times, and these are the times that we pray for them and care for them. We don't know the outcomes, but we do know the outcome giver. Amen. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this church, and I thank you for each person, and I thank you for those that aren't here right now, and I just uh, just pray for their well-being and their their ability to overcome. Forward to many, many years of service for by anchoring this corner of this of this community with your word and your people and your love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug. Chris. I thought maybe there was a Chris behind you when you said Chris. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I this was Chris. Hoping. five and six and the promise is that he's going to direct our paths and we have to trust in him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding but just um, know that he has the best plan and um, is going to guide us and we trust him um, the other scripture that I always wondered about when I was sitting in the Christian science church was that on the wall it said that if we know the truth that it will set us free but the beginning of or the first part of it is that if we abide in him and we abide in his word then we will know the truth they always leave that out <laughs> and so um, I believe that with all my heart if when we abide in his word then no matter what happens we will come through it thank you thank you Chris others Come this way, Ed. Get a little exercise in and go to the other end of the room. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> no, I know he he's going <laughs> to. Judy, if you're new here, is one of the most popular names in the whole church. <laughs> you're, you're gonna <laughs> um, it's not really worded as a promise, but it's Psalm 4610. It's my life verse, and it's gotten me through so many ups and downs and storms and storms and more storms that I need to be still and get out of his way. Yeah. Yeah. And he will take care of me. He is God, and he can handle anything. And years ago, Terry and I decided that we wanted to be debt-free, so we sold our house. And we've been debt-free ever since. Praise God. And God has provided everything we need. And we've been very content, not totally. I don't think that'll ever happen. But I'm content in knowing that he's in control. And I give that control to him every time I'm going through another life event or um, episode with my daughter or whatever. But years ago, I, I rededicated my life to God. And since then, he's changed me in many ways, uh, basically to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> And that's not easy. <laughs> but financially, we're, we're debt-free. But the thing is, he provides in ways that are fun and interesting. Yeah. Makes everyday life 
a new adventure. And one day I went to the bank not too long ago and I was of a worry or I wonder where the next paycheck is going to come. But uh, in my business, you can never plan on a certain amount of income because people, my clients can get sick and cancel and then I don't have it. And just last week, I didn't have any clients. But I'm still able to do my tithe, whatever I need, it's there. But when I went to the bank, I found out on my, my receipt that I had more money than I thought. <laughs> I didn't know where I came from, but I had a suspicion. <laughs> and um, she found out and she told me that it was my Social Security check that had come early. And that doesn't happen. <laughs> and, but my Social Security check has been coming early for the last six months. And I wonder why, you know? I know why, because he's in control. And it, it finally dawned on me that I could go ahead and, and write that check because he's going to provide what I need in the meantime. Thank you. Be still and know that I am God. Be right? still. Yeah. I'll have Ed. I, I will stop now. <laughs> Take the microphone away, Ed. Come this way, would you? No, up up here. Thank you, Judy. Here's another Judy. Not just kidding, but I thought I would say that because this is Grace, right? Chris. 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 So um, I've been coming here since um, like right before Debbie got sick, and I was I remember watching online the Sunday that you um, announced it and I my I just bawled I've never met her but I feel a kinship with her because um, when I was 29 I was diagnosed with um, inflammatory breast cancer and the <laughs> it's a long story but basically I, I had gotten bronchitis and gone to the doctor and do you know you've got a lump and everything and the Sunday before I was actually diagnosed and um, we had a service like this where we could stand up and um, give a testimony and I remember standing up and I was like no matter what the outcome is I'm going to praise the Lord no matter what and the next day went to the surgeons um, and he's like well you've got inflammatory breast cancer and you'll need to go have chemo and all this stuff and um, I went home and um, I had a lady that was with me from my church and um, went home and that night I was just like sitting in my little studio apartment looking around at my stuff and I was like well who's going to want this who's going to want this I guess I better write a will you know it just like Satan had just kind of taken over my thoughts and the phone rang and it was my Sunday school teacher and she um, had called me up and she's like, um, pack a bag, you're coming to my house, you're spending the night, we're going over to the Southern Gals house and we're going to have prayer. And I was like, no, 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 I've, I got stuff I got to do. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I got to write my will, I have the big C. And um, she's like, nope, I'll be there in half an hour to pick you up. I'm like, okay. So we go and we, um, there was probably about like seven or eight ladies there and um, we started praying and started reading scripture and she, this one gal had read um, Psalms and she was reading through it and the Lord spoke to me so clearly and so loudly and vividly. It was like a lightning bolt shook the house and she got to um, Psalms 118 and read verse 17 and it said I will not die but live and proclaim what the Lord has done and this coming Saturday is the 21 years since I was diagnosed and um, every year I um, post it on my Facebook and 
talked about it. And um, so I just wanted to just praise him again because he brought me through all that. I wasn't able to work during treatments and the Lord provided for me that whole year. I was able to get debt free, didn't ended up with no medical bills. I mean, he just provided every single thing that I needed and more and I mean just changed my whole life and so I just praise him so thank you thank you Chris 20 how many years ago 21 that's amazing praise God um, <clears throat> a couple more and we can go till two doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Bill uh, um, two things real quick I should be voluntary and for once I'll try to speak Most of my life, I wasn't raised in a church, but most of my life, um, when you look back, it has felt like a struggle. Um, and you have an incredible woman and kids, um, greatest kids. Um, changed my life, but I still had some of my old life, you know? Um, humor, music, social media, movies, things you shouldn't have in your, in your head, in your heart. And um, the lightning um, that she's talking about came through some words from this wonderful woman here. And it really was like Jesus was speaking through her. And from that moment on, my life hasn't been a struggle. It hasn't been something I would ever look back on and um, regret. It's like a new life. And uh, I'll leave it to Steve to pick the verse that applies here for the promise, but it really is um, if you do good by him um, he's going to bless you and he's blessed me more than I can imagine and the other thing I'm thinking while we're listening to all these, these promises is we are such a selfish species by default a selfish group um, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, it's all of us we, we think about what does he promise me but thing about this church why the first time we sat here and we listened to you we we're like we're not going anywhere else this is it and um, even though most of us when God is doing things for us and we don't realize that he's fulfilling a promise that we're just not paying attention being here allows us to see other promises that are being fulfilled in Debbie or in other people's children that are struggling and they come back to them or in healing whether it's emotional or mental or physical um, being in a place like this with a great man like that allows us to see God's work in others mm. and that's one of the greatest things about being here thank, thank you you guys I first Corinthians 2 9 you asked for a promise you just spoke it I has not seen nor ear has heard nor mind has imagined all that God has in store for those who love him. That's, that's our story here this morning. That's yours, Bill, and Michelle, and Ty, and Kara. Uh, one more. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, I believe uh, the Dodie. Oh, yeah, right here. Come on up for Amy and uh, Amy Fryer and. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And it goes on from there. At the very end, last verses, with long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Um, when we were first married, I too was diagnosed with a serious cancer. Um, was found on my back a malignant melanoma and which meant immediate surgery and treatment um, long story but um, I was able to get the um, sample diagnosed by an expert at the U University of Minnesota Hospital and it was sent to do lots of tests and it came back um, well in the meantime my mom had given me this passage of scripture which I clung to at that time um, the test came back we don't know what it is but it's not uh, malignant melanoma. 
so it just meant a surgery to remove the area, but no further treatment than that. So I guess he has satisfied me with a long life since then. That's so good. That's so cool. Thanks, Amy. Um, <clears throat> I, my, my wife, my Debbie, has just just hidden in Psalm 91. It's beautiful, and she's changed the pronoun to she who lives in the shelter of the Most High. It's just a, <laughs> it's a great thing. It's, um, it's very special, very special. Um, For I'm convinced, said Paul, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and I think right now we could stop for the rest of the day and list them off. There's no one immune to it. There's, it's either you or somebody you love. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's to be revealed to us. And that means we have a hope. We have a hope in a, a God that makes promises like that and then keeps them. And um, I, think, uh, I think this morning turned out bigger and better than I had imagined. I was like, Lord, we're, we're going off-road this morning and uh, for sure off-script and letting your Holy Spirit just really lead the way here. And, um, and so I'd like to uh, maybe close this morning, if th that's a way to put it. I want this to keep going. I was looking for the Dodies. Does anybody know, is the cafe open? I think it is. I think there, it is. So there's, there's, oh, there, okay. Darla, we got it going? Good. Okay, so cafe, get a cup of coffee, remove your mask, drink your coffee, enjoy yourself. Um, and then um, share some more. Maybe you've got, I know we do. I know we got a room full that's just scratched the surface of, of God who is that promise uh, keeper. And um, we count on that going forward. Dad, can I ask you to close our time in prayer? I'm going to bring a microphone your way. And uh, then a, the song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, is going to play as we leave. But when he's done praying, um, then head next door and enjoy the rest of the cafe. This is my dad. What a joy and what Oops, a delight. Oh, 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 oh. What a joy and delight to hear what God is doing daily, even in the most uh, trying of times. And uh, I came to church today not knowing what to expect, but came because I just wanted to hear what you had to say, Lord. And you spoke to a lot of people of what you are still doing in our people and in our church. And we can expect good and better things in the days ahead. So thank you for a, a wonderful time of worship, a wonderful time of just seeing you at work in the hearts of people. And I thank you for the joy of being a part of this fellowship here. Thank you and praise you for what you are doing and for the needs that we heard even mentioned today. People are going and waiting for you. And yet, Lord, uh, some of us keep waiting. Uh, but I remind so many people, I, I'm on the other side. I'm waiting for the bus. <laughs> just to, just to, I just don't want that bus to leave without me. <laughs> so, so thank you for our joy, joy and delight that we've had. And praise you in Christ's name. Amen. All God's people said amen. Amen. Love you, Dad. Thank you. God bless you all. Um, we'll be back at it next week. And um, Lord willing. We'll uh, see you then. You're dismissed.